Welcome to the Book Report, the podcast where we do book reports on books we haven't read since the last time we did book reports. My name is Dwin, and my pronouns are she, her. My name is Natalie, and my pronouns are also she, her. Do you remember the Animorphs? Neither do we. This week, we're reading The Reunion by K.A. Applegate, which was written in 1999. This one was writ- ghostwritten by Elise Donner. Yeah, another ghostwritten book. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember what happened last time? Natalie, I do, and I'm really mad that I do. You wish last you time, didn't. I, last time, we uh, we read The Megamorphs. We read Megamorphs 3, um, the racist, anti-Semitic time-traveling book. Not I'm not going to talk about what happens in it, because honestly... Doesn't Megamorphs matter. are not that important to the main series anyway, and also Absolutely. it was bad. Yep. I did listen to the episode for it today, though, because I wanted to hear Garrett talk about history. So that was fun. Great. Um, well, this book, I wrote a book report for it. I'd love mm-hmm. for you to read it. I'm pretty Great. proud of this book report. I know you did so, text me today and say that it was, I think, your best yet. I thought, I personally believe it's very good. Okay. Great. Uh, Enjoy. All right. Well, I'm going to read it. This week, we read The Reunion, which is narrated by Marco. At the beginning of the book, he reminds us that his mom is this or one and might be alive. She was last seen drowning in the ocean after the explosion of the secret underwater uh, shark year science lab. Marco ditches school one day and is casually walking around town, seemingly for no reason, when a woman in a bad wig runs into him and, surprise, it's his mom. She doesn't notice him, so he follows her into an office building. In the building, he wants to keep following her past security, so he grabs a random man's hand and puts him into a morph requiring trance and walks him through the security, claiming that it's bring your kid to work day. He follows her into an elevator full of people and then morphs into a fly in the elevator with people, that was all capitalized, so that he can follow her once she gets off the elevator. He follows her on, onto a floor and then somehow, for some reason, he has to morph the guy whose DNA he un- unintentionally acquired in order to leave the building. He knows where his mom is though, so I guess mis- mission accomplished. He tells the rest of the gang, and Jake is deeply uncomfortable with Marco being in charge of anything given his clearly terrible mental state. But he agrees to let Marco, Axe, and Tobias go on a mission to find out what Visser One is up to, with the understanding that Tobias is in charge. They manage to get into the office that Visser One is using as a base and see Marco's mom clamped to a portable yerk pool. They know that she can't see Marco or else Visser One will, will know she's back in, know when she's back in Marco's mom's head. We don't know her name, by the way, which is weird. They conclude that Visser 1 is setting up for some kind of guerrilla action against Visser, 1, Visser 3. The office is invaded by Visser 3's team, but the Animorphs fight them off in order to have some sort of leverage take so, some sort of leverage over Visser 1. They make an agreement with her that they'll help her take down Visser 3 because Axe also wants revenge on him. I think this is a clever setup and a long con. She does say she's going to super duper murder them when she's back in power, so I don't really, so I don't really know why they think they're winning here. They set up a clever plan that is so clever that I couldn't follow it at all. It involves morphing goats and setting up a fake hork hideout. The plan isn't, very, isn't clever enough, though, because when they meet up with Visser 1, she immediately plays them and gets enough info out of them to know they're human and where to start hunting them down. Visser 3 shows up. There's a lot of ray gun shooting and action sequences. At this point, I fell asleep and occasionally woke up to try to read, uh, but I honestly have no idea what happened in the last 10 pages. Marco's mom is dead, question mark. Marco killed her himself also question mark did i dream that this or one fell off a cliff and was eaten by a goat or something the wow. end truly wow. i i fell asleep and the next morning i was like maybe i should reread that and then i was like nah that's not worth my time i'll tell you what happened well yeah please um okay so at the very end 
there there's like a lot of fighting and you know i mean i think we have a pretty established record of we don't like reading that part because it's just not that interesting boring but then marco causes her to fall off a cliff or something oh, he did kill her himself i didn't dream that. well except except that there is like a he sees like a bug fighter and so um he says i love you and then she realizes who he is and she's Yikes. amazed and then she tries to shoot him and then instead of shooting him she falls off the cliff um and oh i guess he didn't push her off i'm reading i'm looking at the book right now i remember what happened uh okay he didn't push her off the cliff Tobias like attacked her face um huh. and also while while she's falling at the cliff Jake is on top of Marco but he's like in a tiger form he's like holding him there and he's like telling him it's okay it's okay it's okay well he's not saying well, it's clearly okay. not saying, his mom got says, pushed off a cliff he just says hang on Marco hang on man keep saying that and he's being held there and then the last chapter he's just like in bed at home sick for a week and he's just feeling incredibly traumatized and Fair. then now he's questioning like is she dead because he did see that that bug fighter so could it have reached her and then he's like no couldn't have happened and then rachel shows up um to say to him like oh i also saw the bug fighter so like she could be alive question mark um and then he and rachel just sit on his bed and they watch tv oh and then marco is like upset because he's like what if, like it was so hard to just do this this time what are the next time i have to do it again so no, but in summary, nobody got eaten by a goat. Nobody got eaten by a goat. Okay, she that fell part I a, dreamed then. <laughs> she fell off a cliff or something. Um, and then potentially is dead or not. And Marco kind of killed her, but kind of didn't. But maybe she's yeah, dead, like maybe she's not. Okay. Yeah. He feels definitely responsible for it. Well, whatever. Um, you want to grade this excellent book report? Um, well, the fact that you don't have the end of the book in there what? is, I think, I kind of damaging to your grade. I think you should give me extra points for transparency, though. I was honest. Yeah, but you didn't finish the book report. Well, but I, I finished it. The conclusion okay, you... was just more um, questionable than certain. I'm going to give you... I don't know. I feel like I, I would also argue some of the conclusions, some of the things you have said in this book report in general. No. I'm going to give this, oh, it's a B minus. Yes. All right. I'm going to B minus. I think we're going to go B minus. I think that's generous of me to give you a B minus and you did not do the end of the, the book. Well, luckily this doesn't go on my permanent record. So um, I mean, why don't we talk so about the other parts of the book? Yeah. Uh, before we get into talking about the other book, part of the book, I just want to say, after the last book we read was Megamorphs 3, brutally bad, the Very book bad. before that, that we read was the meat plant one, just bad. a fucking nightmare. This book felt like a fresh breeze. If we had read this book after the peace, the peace book, the one with the yeah. York peace movement, this book would have not been very good. But because it became after two <laughs> really, really tough books, I was like, I mm -hmm. love it. This is great. Good job, Marco. I thought this book was honestly like really boring. It was a trauma. I was book. happy to have a boring book, but I did find yeah. it boring. To me, this is a very trauma-heavy book. Like they talked about. Yeah. I think actually, I have to say, I think a lot of Marco books are like this. Tobias yes. too often is like this, where a lot of the book is just inside of his head. Sad. Um, yeah, and sad. it's very sad. And I like a traumatic book. So not not like the last two books traumatic, like a book talking about their trauma. Sure. 
I found it uh, to be a lot of um, sad, big sad, yeah. and also big ray gun shooting. And I was like, I don't. I'm. That's okay. Thanks. Speaking of ray gun shooting, this book had one of my favorite moments, maybe in the whole series, because it made me laugh so hard. It was so dumb. Um, so they are talking to Visser One, and she's like, uh, kind of this plan they're gonna have, right? Where they're gonna. Oh yeah, the part where she says she's gonna super duper murder them. Yes. <laughs> But the thing that made me laugh is she is being threatening and scary and she's mm-hmm. going to contact them via email. Uh, Which is all, so threatening and scary. Let me th- I want to read this whole section because it's got so many moments that are just very funny. Contact me when you are ready, she said. How? She smiled then. A smile that was my mother's smile. Again, I felt the opposite urges to cry and to destroy. I have emailed. She laughed and told us the address. First of all, she <laughs> laughed. That's very good. Then she narrowed her eyes and looked at us, each one after the other. Uh, one of you does almost all the talking. Two of you stay in more. Fisher three is a fool. He has overlooked something strange about your group of rebels. He has missed something. She grinned That's a true. savage grin. But don't worry. When I am returned to power, I will figure it out. And then she made a gun hand, pointed it at my head, and then... <laughs> and she makes the she makes the dracon beam sound it is it is one of the least threatening things that you could do and it is so funny well actually you know i think in my head i've also been saying it in that high pitched like that but we could be wrong it could be like Sow. how is that better i don't know but it is t s e w right is how they spell it t s E E E. It's like three E's in this one. W. All caps. <laughs> no, because there's no owl sound. <laughs> it could sound be really deep, you know. There's no owl sound. No, that's how you make the E W sound. C. <laughs> I think it's two, and I think it's very funny because it is not threatening, like. Like, okay, in some movies, they do that thing where they're like, they're going to show like, oh, they're, you're dead. You're dead meat. And they do the thing where they put their finger across their neck. But you don't make a sound. The sound makes it less threatening. A sound effect, a sound effect is not going to be helpful. I would, I would love that actually this is just like the voice of um, like a generic uh, voiceover actor. See you. <laughs> like that's the sound <laughs> that Dracon B makes, you know, like it's something really bland and not what it sounds like. Anyway, I just think it's the least threatening thing you could possibly do. It made me laugh very hard because it's so dumb. I'm gonna, that I really that's like just going to be a thing I'm going to have to start doing, people. See who picks up on it, understands what you're doing there. Yeah, it's like a sick reference. I see. Yeah. Uh, that was my first little thing. Um, I love that. What else you another got? Another little thing that I want to talk about is that they talk, they get Eric to help them to, by, make, by making like a big... Uh, what's the word hologram of the hork yeah. hideaway because this three no this three this one knows it exists mm-hmm. but i don't did we ever actually talk to eric no he just shows up so eric showed up he helped and he didn't he didn't actually talk to us i think that that's kind of perfect yeah i'd love for him to keep doing that that's an ideal amount of eric for me yeah um i put one my other little like random bit from this book that doesn't require a ton of discussion is just that mm-hmm. um Marco definitely stole a dude's DNA, which they had all agreed not to do. And then he was like, I'm super duper not going to use this guy's DNA. And then he definitely did five minutes later. It's a very strange plan because when he gets that guy's DNA, he just tells the security guard at Springer Kid to work day. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, like I have had, my parents have worked at places that have done like Springer Kid to work day. 
security guards definitely knew it was bring your kid oh, to work know. day yeah because mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids coming and you prepare you had to kind of prepare for that yep what is going it's a very strange plan yep i mean but it yep. also like, is followed by the the elevator morphing scene which is also completely insane yes right so Wow. I don't know. I just feel like I don't have a ton to say about this book because I feel like what I covered in the book report is the book. Like, there's not a lot of, there's a lot of action scenes. Yes. It is the vast majority of this book. Mm-hmm. They're not very good action scenes. Yeah, I think this is maybe some of the most confusing action scenes yet. Yeah. I found a lot of this book, this is, I think, the one thing about this book that I found really challenging. I couldn't visualize what was going on. At any point. I found yeah. I had a really hard time with that, which I had the same problem in the last book as well, that I just had yeah. a hard time tracking the action scenes. To be fair, maybe I think it's us. I, is it us? Because I don't know. Some books it's fine. Some books it's not. Are we bad at this? No, I think it's other people are the problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, because I really had no problem tracking it in the peace book. I thought that those actually yeah. were really well written. I had a lot of problems tracking what was happening here. And part of it was that there just a lot was happening. And it was, I think sometimes a little bit unclear what what was the goal. Because I yeah. my understanding was that Marco's plan was that they weren't really ever allied with this or one. They sort of were, but not really. I genuinely thought his plan was that he was going to kill his mom. Like, That's I what I thought really, his plan was too. They don't really tell us what the plan is, so... And I mean, I guess that was the point that we were supposed to believe that his mom was going to die and that that was the big drama of this. But like, because I didn't know the plan, I didn't know what was happening during the action sequences. And I was like, wait, is he killing her? Okay, well, What's then maybe it's useful to talk about what the plan, what we think the plan was. This is what I, I thought truly the plan don't was. Know. Okay, this is what I thought. I thought that Marco on his own, without talking to anybody else and in any way con- uh, consulting with anybody else who'd be involved with this, he decided, okay. I'm going to set Visser 1 and Visser 3 against each other and use that to murder my mother and also Visser 3. Okay, that is also what I thought, yes. So I didn't think, like, like they were allying with her, but not really. Yeah. Like, the fact that she was threatening to kill them, I kind of was like, yeah, of course they're going to put up with that because... Because they think they're tricking her into something. That part I understood. But I did not understand what their plan was that something that involved that, like, the mountain goats not sure why they had to go up to the top of a mountain why they had to have a hologram up there i did not understand at all i understood that she knew about the horkbusher hideaway but it didn't make sense that they would have a confrontation there versus oh i guess well okay actually no i maybe i do kind of understand it because she was saying please explain it because okay so they both both she and viscer three when they get to the mountaintop they're having like a who's going to catch who off because they both are saying, oh, I'm recording this and I'm going to send the footage back to the council. And so he was trying to record her being a traitor because she was shooting him. And he, she was trying to show that he was bad at his job by filming the hork hideaway and being like, look, there's this whole secret free hork area. Mm-hmm. So I understand why she went there and then they only went there because they were following her. I don't know. I don't know why, I just... I don't know why she wanted them to follow her there. It's a bad but plan. It's a very strange, but I understand why they ended up there. I think I don't really understand why she wanted them to go there. Okay, well, I okay. I put this in our notes. It feels like if they're making plans and mm-hmm. they're deciding who's doing what in the plan, 
They need a system of checks and balances that involves a mental health checklist to decide who gets to go on the mission. Because deciding that Marco is going on this mission was A, a bad idea, and B, that he got to like be in charge of stuff? Absolutely not. Absolutely no, 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 no. That should not be allowed. And then Jake is like, fine, I don't think Marco should be in charge of the fact-finding mission. Tobias, you're in charge. And Tobias just gives up and lets Marco be in charge? No. Tobias has lost all leadership privileges. Is nobody thinking through this? I just, no, bad. It's really strange because it seems like Marco goes from she's my mother to, well, I guess I am going to kill her. I guess I'll have to murder. fast. Extremely fast. Extremely fast. Because the beginning, they're all like, like, I mean, he seems fine for a mission though. Okay. And like, it felt like he was trying to prove to everybody on the team that they were all concerned about like, Marco, your mental health. Like, are you sure you can really do this? And he was like, to prove that I can do it, I'm going to murder my mom. Yeah. He was like, yes, I am perfectly capable of this. I am ready to murder. It is. I, I think we've talked about, I'm not sure we have. I know we have. Um, the escalating trauma responses. This uh-huh. is a an escalating a trauma one. response. This is Yeah, uh, this is a big one. Yeah. I think in the group, the only person who was like, maybe we should hit pause on killing your mom was Cassie. I think the everybody else was like, all right, well, I mean, if you got a murder, mm-hmm. murder big. It just feels like there should be a simple checklist of like, hey, are you personally invested in anybody involved in this? Do you have a personal vendetta or revenge against anybody involved? Are you crying in the bathroom between missions? You can't go on the mission. There are so many books where about half of the problem is happening because somebody- no one's talking about it. Yeah, because somebody's got like a mental health crisis happening. Yep, Um, truly. Yeah, like Jake crying on that one mission to internet- um mm-hmm. and oh god we've had a bunch of these like cassie's had a bunch of meltdowns rachel absolutely yep. a fucking mess uh obviously tobias and his whole cousin situation yep uh marco just constantly just always marco yeah i guess i understand that that checklist would get in the way of missions but still i mean yeah no acts too because he keeps being like yes this is the one where i will give myself up to die yeah, Axe is less into the murder thing, although he will also murder. Um, but he he is like, I am so ready to sacrifice myself for anything, just for the slightest Any, thing. Literally anything. Even if there's no reason to do it. Even if they, like, mm-hmm. Axe seems like if there's a car driving down the street and it drives and, like, might splash some mud into somebody, he will just throw himself in front of the car to stop it instead of letting the mud splash. And, and then five minutes later, he will swear to do whatever Jake tells him to do, even if Jake just told him, please don't jump in front of the car. I will say I did find it very funny that in this book, uh, he was like, Andalites are not, are not, um, Andalites are very humble. And I was like, what? Who told surely, you that? Surely you don't know <laughs> what the word of the, me that word is then. Where'd you learn that, Axe? Hmm. He's a, uh, you know, but I will say, okay, in Axe's defense, in this book, much like the last book, he didn't lie at all. He didn't hide plans from anybody. He said some dumb stuff, but like regular dumb Axe stuff. Yeah. So you know what? He was doing great this book. For Axe, this is a great book. You know what? That's a good point. You make a, you make a good point there. Okay, so the plan is seemingly murder mom. But mm-hmm. actually, as it turns out, 
that was not his plan. He did not yes. want to murder his mom. But then Tobias hit her in the face and she fell off a cliff. But we think she's still alive because plot-wise that she has to Yeah, be. I just, it doesn't seem, because the they wouldn't set up like there's a bug fighter. Mm-mm. And then have that payoff as, no, she was dead. Yeah, they, they really wouldn't. I would argue that they have the same problem that Stupid Visser 3 did when they did the Hork-Bajir plot where he like, he was like, well, I saw them on the, I saw some hork on the ground. I didn't hear that hit the ground, but like probably they're dead and I'm not yeah. going to check. So same problem. I, I'm sure it would be very hard to go see his mother's body. And I'm not saying that Marco should, but surely Rachel or Cassie. Someone should check. Anyone else in their group could have just Tobias gone and been like, is already just flying. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to confirm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I do think she's alive and I think she's going to come back in a later book. I agree. I, I feel Maybe like the there's no way couple. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In the next decade of books. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also they ultimately lose because uh, she knows now who Marco is. Yes. That was dumb. Uh, that was Big truly mistake. dumb. Huge. Huge. <laughs> uh yeah the so they she has like a bunch of giveaways she's picked up on that something is weird which like a big great point about her being way smarter than viscer three because he really hasn't picked up on any of these things she is so much smarter (laughs) uh some of the things that she pointed out i was like yeah that's pretty like the fact that they stay in morph when there's no reason for them to stay in morph that's a yeah yeah that should ping something weird for somebody Mm -hmm. um okay here's a question i had do you think Visser 3 can tell apart Andalites? I was wondering that too. Because why wouldn't they all just morph Axe? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Or like when they were on the the Andalite ship, when they were in the They could have just world, done the maneuver. Made a mishmash so of a new Andalite. At the very least, they'd have an Andalite morph. Yep. Which they, they should have. They should. He's got a scorpion tail. Well, and also then they can get out of this problem, which is an obvious problem. Of an obvious problem. Okay. If they only yeah. ever see one Andalite, it's always a little suspicious. Visor 1 picks up on that in like two minutes of interacting yeah. with them. So Visor 3, very dumb. Okay, but one of the things that she picked up on, I was like, I don't think that's true. She says, I've looked at all the like, the casualty records. You've never killed a human. That's is that true? true? No, it's absolutely not true. Remember that one where Eric killed like hundreds of people there were definitely humans involved they have like crashed helicopters and stuff like no they've definitely killed humans or what about when they go into the other into like the aquarium and they drown Uh two guards those are humans those were humans yeah so i think mr one is i don't know what's happening but she thinks they've never killed a human but we just know that that's not the case maybe she was being facetious that's the i think that's the right word i think that's what that word means of like you know, she was kind of exaggerating. Like, they've only killed, like, a handful compared to the the thousands upon thousands of other people that they've killed. Okay, but here's the thing. If they've killed a ton of taxons, it seems very easy to kill a taxon. It seems like it takes nothing to kill a taxon. It seems like you They did describe look... them as wet paper bags. <laughs> yes. It seems like if you look slightly too hard at a taxon, it just explodes. So, but taxons still... are very easy to kill a lot. And also, Hork-Bajir, they seem to use them a lot as soldiers for fighting. So, it seems they just would get killed more often. But also... Again, I just wa- I also just wonder in this whole thing why the Animorphs aren't hearing that and reckoning with like their body count. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we have taken out a lot of individual lives. Maybe and like every time they thing. every time they killed a controller, they killed two beings. Yeah. That's a lot of like why is no one reckoning with that? 
I suspect it's got to be like if you start to deal with that, how functional are you next time you have to fight? And I do have to fight again. I just don't think. I just have questions, I guess. I'm just, I mean, I, yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong, yeah. but also I think yeah. one of those things, like if you start reckoning with it, I guess Rachel, she doesn't really reckon with Rachel the body has. part, but she's reckoning yeah. with the violence part. Yeah, for sure. And like the uh, fact that she's considered a killer. Yeah, so Visser One, like, really gleans a lot of information, which is honestly yeah. good for her. That's why she's Visser One. Yeah, it seems okay. She did have the shark here idea, which counts against <laughs> her, but but still. It seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, it does seem like it wouldn't be that hard for them to take her like hostage or captive or whatever yeah. and put her right. in wherever that cabin was for two days or three days. I honestly had a question. So they, they come across her in the office with Marco's mm -hmm. mom like clipped into the yerk pool. And yes. I'm like, why didn't they just get like a little a little pool net? scoop that you're gone out of there throw it in a jar and be like hang out there for three days and then shrivel well, and then i think it was tobias or axe one of the two of them was like he'll sense she'll sense the danger and she'll go back into your mom but like how no how how no, would won't. that possibly have happened were they like alarms no i also didn't understand where they were in that space i didn't understand like they came out and they were in the office but they were also yeah, right behind somehow. her and then they were thought speaking oh yeah I just anyway it didn't make a lot of sense to me no it didn't and um it just seems like they could have solved this problem another way if they were behind her then it would be very easy right and then all you'd have to do is kind of get your hand between scoop that little yerk up well even if you just Sheesh. covered covered her ear with one hand while someone else went in with a net yep or like just poked a couple holes in the side of the tank or whatever yep problem solved Unless your excerpt can get very, very small. But no, just stick your finger in your mom's ear. It's fine. I think it's okay exactly. to do that. Exactly. Yep. Nope. Um, yeah. So so she already gleans all of this. And then Marco really gives the game away. And he says, I love you, mom. I mean, he's really assuming she's about to die. So. Because he thinks he's about to kill. Well, I just. I mean, that's why Visser won has to come back because she knows who Marco is. She knows that Marco is an anamorph and so she's going to have to come back and fight him. That and like she's already telling people, "Go get Marco. He goes to this school. He lives here." Yeah. He is the anamorph. Do you think? I mean, I don't think we're going to see hear anything or see anything about her for a while, but do you mm -hmm. think that this is what gives the whole game away? Maybe the beginning of the end because at some point they have to figure out who they are yeah presumably and i don't know why she wouldn't tell somebody like, i mean I'm, i can see why she keeps it secret because it's her through. yeah well and so it i don't know why she wouldn't tell anyone right now because like her secret knowledge that she has mm -hmm. so it, it gives her power and probably want to like save it for the right moment mm. but i mean why would you keep a secret forever? Yeah, no, I agree. It's going to come Unless, up for sure. Okay, alternate solution. Visser One becomes part of the peace movement. I don't think that's going to happen. The Visser One of the peace movement. I look. They, they demoted. List. I super don't think that's going to happen. They demoted her a whole bunch. She's mad at your, you know, council. But you know who doesn't have a Visser One? The peace movement. I think the power she could have as a leader of a peace movement. 
I don't know. I just think that sounds bad. She just very... Do you really want the peace movement to be one that is led by sharks with ears? Look, Is that what you uh, want for the peace movement? At least it would be funny. That's true. It would be. Think of the wacky things they could do. We're, we're making true. jerks with ears now. We're doing all kinds of things with Ooh, ears. What are we going to add ears to next? <sighs> I mean, look, to be fair, I actually think that she was onto something with the adding an ear to a thing. Because she was actually, she didn't know it yet. She's getting on the escort wavelength of making something for oh. Yerks to live in. So maybe she's part of the, like the, the way that they make their. The design team. Yeah. She like, that's how she gets it. She like is angry and she has all the secret knowledge. And then and she joins the peace idea. movement because she makes some friends and they take care of her. And then they're like, Oh, we, we like need to figure out like a better host so we can live in a host that doesn't hurt anybody or whatever. And she's like, I have experience with designing a host. That is an interesting idea. Um, I hope she learned her lesson and isn't going to put chips in them that explode. She can really disrupt the the host game. She sure could. Can go to like a, I don't know. All right. I can work with that theory then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, I think by book 52, I think it's the last book in the series, that's when we're going to see her plan come to fruition. I'm pretty sure. I hope so. I sure hope so. <laughs> Great. Well, should we go to class? Yeah, let's go to class. Yeah. Class one, mm-hmm. biology. Yeah, you knew it was coming. I didn't know. I, I still don't truly understand how mountain goats are involved, but I would like to learn about mountain goats. Okay. Can um, I just say, I don't understand why mountain goat wasn't the cover of the book. Why would we have a cockroach? We could have had a mountain goat. You make a great point. Um, and mountain goats are extremely I would also cute. like to know that. What is the name of the guy who made the cover art? Because uh, his name I'd is like to David ask him. Mattingly. And uh, David, we need... why didn't you choose a mountain goat? They seem rad. David, your cover made me say, ew, David. Ew, David. Um, I googled mountain goat and the first Wikipedia page that I was taken to was for a band. Um, yeah, the mountain goats. Yeah, but actually now I'm on the right page and holy guacamole, mountain goats are very big. Mountain goats the are The picture really cool. is like, this guy's been working out. Like he is very muscly they are beefy um, boys beefy boys um they only live in north america like idaho and north mm-hmm. along the western end of the continent how did they get this morph they got it in the zoo at the zoo yeah okay so, so it doesn't help us with location idea. yeah um they are hold on i want to tell you how big they are Three and a half feet tall at the shoulder. They can weigh 180 pounds. Oh, wait, wait, more. Mountain goats can weigh between 99 and 310 pounds. Wow. Jesus, they're so big. And they're just, and like, I love looking at photos of them because they'll always show them on these like incredibly, there's like wildly steep slopes and they're just like chilling. Yeah. They just eat, Yeah. they just eat grass. Very high protein grass, I guess, because they're so bulky. Okay, so the thing that I think is really interesting about them. Um, yeah. So they're not domesticated because yeah. it seems like they're pretty aggressive uh, towards humans or just other people, other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, the pre-Columbian indigenous peoples of Pacific Northwest coast did use their wool in weaving. 
but oh. they didn't get it by shearing them because you'd have to catch them and like domesticate yeah. them to be able to do that but they can they gathered molted wool that was left by wild goats and then used huh. that that's pretty interesting yeah i love that i love like fiber arts history <laughs> yeah um, and it's called they did it with it's a kind of weaving called salish weaving it's very pretty it's very colorful they called the fiber sae uh-huh i think and they used it yeah it was like considered really valuable and they'd like climb up into the mountains to like get the wool that was like tangled in bushes and stuff and then they would pretty neat oh it's really interesting like they they basically turn it into yarn and then use it to um oh they turn it into yarn by mixing it with like clay basically that will allow the fibers to stick together and mm. now and then use it to weave it's very cool have you ever done weaving stuff i when i was very young i've done spinning but not weaving i want to learn weaving mm. though it's on my to-do list could be neat um well they're just very cute they are cute and, and the, i don't I know think... there's not a lot to say about mountain goats other than they seem cool and they are not endangered I think the females are called nannies, and I think that's they're called nannies. Cute. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the, the babies are called kids. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very cute. Yeah. Well, that's class one. Should we move on to class two? Yeah, let's go. Class two. I'm pretty excited for this class. Um, theater class. Let's talk about yeah. costumes. Um, if you had to walk up and down the street wearing a bad wig, holding a briefcase to whack your son in the face with, how would you disguise yourself? Well, I have had some pretty bad wigs. When I was in high school uh, and I was in the elf club, there was one year we went to sure. the, there's the Lord of the Rings picnic at, um, uh, I can't remember that, that Stern Grove, they had a picnic and I was a hobbit I remember one this year, wig. And I had a very curly kind of red wig that I got from House of Humor. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just trash. It was the worst wig in the world. And I looked completely wild at it. It was I not I remember a good look that wig me. and I remember your cloak. Yes, I had a cloak. That was the first of two cloaks I had. Sure. Uh, so I feel like that wig, uh, it didn't do a lot for me. Although actually, I think that I wouldn't wear that wig because it like shows, because it's up, it was kind of like very curly and short. So yeah. it shows a lot of your face. So I think really I'd want like a big, long wig to hide my face. Right, right. You know? I do know. I think if I were going for a disguise where I wanted to be disguised, but also I clearly wanted someone to identify me as mm -hmm. their mother as I slammed into them in the street. Yes. I would go for like, um, like a hooded jacket. Yeah. Where like yeah, yeah, the hood yeah. is maybe a little bit too big. So it like dramatically kind of like shadows your face mm -hmm. so that like, if you bump into somebody, they might like see under the dramatic hood. Kind of like uh, that video game Assassin's Creed, you know, he's just got like a little hood yeah. that's like right over his, yeah. What about like, like a trench coat with like a popped collar? Oh, a trench coat. Yes. I think a trench, a trench coat is the, is the like dramatic. universal symbol of like a disguise. You are in a, a disguise. Dis absolutely. Absolutely. And so you can put on a dark wig, like a, a, maybe like a, not even a long dark wig. One of those like razor cut um, dark wigs, like, like, a, like a bob that comes like, like a the bob. chin. Yeah. But like a really dramatically sliced yeah, yeah, yeah. bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The kind um, of wig that if it was a good wig, you'd see it on Drag Race, but because it's a bad wig, it's not for Drag Race. Yes. I also think for me, a uh, good disguise would also be like very good makeup because I never wear makeup. Mm -hmm. No one would recognize me if I showed up with well, just I like think incredible then, eyebrows. 
you know? I think that you can like do a lot to disguise your face. Like even if you wore a lot of makeup, just like do different makeup. Sure. Maybe, okay. Some contact Paint on a beard. Little blue eyes. I was going to say, you know, I, I, my first instinct was fake facial hair, but I do think that's kind of hard to get away with. Like it's hard to do well, you know? I mean, but it's doable. It can be done. It's good from a distance. Maybe, okay. I think maybe step one of our disguise processes, go befriend some drag performers because I think they have a lot of insight on how to make your face look like someone else's face. Yeah, and like really good contour. That would be, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you think it's, I'm trying to think, because Marco also has a disguise and the disguise is his hat. His hat is the whole thing that he's hiding his entire face and yeah, body with. Yeah, it is, uh-huh. Which seems questionable. But... It does. Um... I don't know. I just think I, I agree with the trench coat. I can't get that out of my mind now. I feel like now I'm picturing myself walking dramatically up the street in mm-hmm. a trench coat that has a hood. It's the middle of summer, but I'm wearing mm-hmm. a trench coat. I think that's a good look for a disguise. Okay. I do think it depends on where you are, right? So like if I were living in New York still and it were like fall, winter, mm-hmm. any dark coat, any long, dark coat, you are immediately disguised because there's a million people in a long, dark coat. Mm. I think that that's a very good disguise. Mm-hmm. Even a trench coat. I think we could get away with that then. However, we think they're in Florida, or I think. You, you're not committed to that, but I I'm think not they're in to Florida. Florida. I think a trench coat might look a little out of place in hot, humid Florida. A Hawaiian shirt, um, jorts. Trench coat. A Hawaiian shirt, trench coat. <laughs> yes, okay. Hawaiian shirt, <laughs> trench coat, jorts. I'm, I'm pretty good into jorts. Jorts, yeah. And, um, and a bad uh, wig. Yeah, in a bad wig. Okay, how about this? Look like the Tiger King. Hey, now. He's famous, so then people will be confused about who you are. And not think you're Marco's mom, right? Yeah. And you wouldn't look out of place in Florida. I do think she was going for, like, inconspicuous businesswoman, but I just think holding a giant metal briefcase is not, that's not something that your average businesswoman will do. Well, and also I would argue that having a bad fake, a bad wig is yeah. worse than no wig. Like that makes, that's absolutely agree. Because even if you don't really know wigs, a really bad, like one of those houses, like, you know, how spirit Halloween, yeah. whatever those Halloween stores are, one of those really shitty, like, like the, like fake hair wigs, those can look so bad that everyone around you is like, you're wearing a wig. I know you're wearing a wig. Absolutely. And she went blonde for the wig, right? Which blonde, I think is daring. Wig. It is daring. Hard to make it look, I think, natural. Because and if she has dark hair, her eyebrows are probably dark. Oh, she was wearing really big lenses, like big oh, sunglasses. Right. Still, though. Still, I don't know. Would she keep the sunglasses on inside? I sure hope so. Because then that's if very she's committed to the bit, I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to know how she didn't spot... <laughs> somebody morphing into a fly in the same elevator as her that didn't make any sense that made no sense at all i feel like i would notice someone behind it suddenly started shrinking and just started making like weird gloopy sounds yeah i would notice that you notice you sure would i mean someone did but not until it was kind of too late yeah yeah weird so disguise wise we'd probably be pretty good good at that you know i think so yeah do you want to read the back of the next book and we can always hope that it's uh, going to be an improvement? Yes, I will read the back of the next book. So our next hey. episode is not, it's going to be, it's going to be the season finale, but we can, we can preview what's coming next. 
Okay, we'll preview the beginning of season four. Yeah. Okay, so I have some sets of bad news for you. Oh, no. um, first of all, this book is ghostwritten and it is not ghostwritten by a writer that we really liked. I believe she ghostwrote the polar bear book. Oh, uh, okay. I don't remember if that was her book or not, but I think it was, I right. might've been that, might, that might've been her. Second piece of bad news. It's a Jake book. Um, okay. This book has Jake morphing into a bird on the cover. Uh, it's quite upsetting. And uh, the little taglines is when they say it's all in your head, believe it. And then the, the title is the conspiracy. Hold please while I scroll to the back of the, of the book. The conspiracy. Oh my God. Uh, the inside cover is, it looks like, oh, there's a, uh, some cars on the, like, that are parallel parked, and Marco is behind one of them in gorilla morph doing something, and Jake is flying away. Cool. Okay. Jake's great-grandfather has died. It blows the family away, especially Jake's mom. So Jake's parents decide they should all travel to the great, to the great-grandfather's home to help with any arrangements in another state for three or four days. This is a very big problem for Jake's brother, Tom. He can't be away from the yerk pool for that long. So Tom refuses to go and his father insists. But Tom's yerk will do anything to survive, including making his father less of a problem. Now Jake, the other Animorphs and Axe have to find a way to protect his father without Tom discovering their secret and without having to choose between his father's life, dot, 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 and Tom's. Jake's definitely gonna kill Tom. Remember, Drode predicted that he's gonna kill Tom. Yeah, he did. We did. That, Sounds that was like a, so that's, book 31 yeah, but, is the time. But it's not coming up for a little while. Hmm. Because we have to have our season finale first. Yes, right. So next episode, we'll do our recap of season three. Mm-hmm. We'll review the questions that we, we wanted answers to and whether or not we got them. Mm-hmm. We will make our predictions for the next season. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start season four a few weeks later. Yeah. Wow, Natalie, I'm so proud of us for doing, it's not quite done, but, uh, you know, almost done. I'm honestly like, like we've made it through 30 books. Like that's kind of, it's a lot. We're impressive. We are impressive. Yeah. Great. I'm cheersing you with my, my glass of wine. Cheers. Oh, if you got that. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah. Well, this is great. Well, can find us online uh our instagram is the book report pod and on facebook we're the book report our email is we love animorphs at gmail.com if you have thoughts com- uh, comments questions concerns you should email us there uh don't send us spoilers but if you feel like you have to just put spoiler in the headline and we'll have someone else read the email for us to help we gotta know and wherever you listen to us rate review tell your friends about us uh, I don't know, write a letter to your grandparents and tell them about us. Oh, God. <laughs> you probably want that. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at our season three finale. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
Like it, it was too nice of a cheese board for just sitting there. Okay. Incorrect. 